On this episode of the Three Beers, Two Guys, One Movie Podcast, Rod and I are joined by a new host. We do our marquee picks for our top three most bingeable TV series, and then we do a deep dive discussion into Netflix's latest season release of Ozark, so let's go! guys two beers one movie podcast i'm maddie scott and i'm joined today by my good friend as always mr rod budman but today we also have a new and special guest you may know him from uh his stints with bands like one kind favor and his current lineup in blue light cheat hotel but you'll probably know him from his most famous stint with mary's got a band with the hitch song contraband um skyrocketed number one billboard chart topper but today we're happy to have a rock star role to mr preston barnes and i'm not really joking about the contraband thing that is going to be the outro music for today's podcast because i actually really do love that song that wasn't a joke i mean it's a joke that it wasn't number one the billboard but i do actually really love that song so i want to give it a little bit of plug but we're happy to have you preston how you doing today i'm doing well Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Rod, do you, uh, you uh, find yourself in good spirits in this quarantine? Oh, I'm in great spirits. Uh, just a great Monday and really looking forward to going over uh, this fantastic season. Yeah. All right. So today we're talking about Ozark season three. Just came out, I think, a week ago. But um, obviously, it's a great thing to do. Watch a whole season. We've got so much time on our hands. We're just sitting in our homes with nothing to do. Um these guys had already seen the first two seasons. I did the sacrifice of sitting in front of my couch. I mean, sitting in front of my TV for 30 plus hours this week, just watching one single show because I'd never seen any of it. It's all blurring together, but I'm here. I'm ready to talk about it. But before we get into Ozark, we're going to do, um, we're going to talk a little bit. Obviously, we're all stuck in our houses during this quarantine. We're going to talk a little bit about our most favorite bingeable tv shows that we've ever seen rod are you okay are you suffering from covid epilepsy or what are you doing (laughs) obviously nothing okay so (laughs) we're gonna do our top favorite most favorite bingeable tv shows we're each gonna do three rod do you want to kick us off or press do you want to kick us off who wants to go first or i can go first but why don't we just y'all want to fight over it like Two schoolboys, or do y'all want to just make a decision? A little Russian bad. Let's let uh, let's let our newest guest. Cool. Let's do it. Um. Yes. Yeah, so 
I didn't realize how difficult this was going to be for me <laughs> to just come up with three of my, like, I don't want to say favorite, but like most bingeable type series or shows or, so like, I try to think of um, different ways to like narrow it down because there are some shows I've just, I haven't finished or I've only seen part of it. And I was just like, yeah, all right, you can be as liberal as you want with the definition. Preston. Right, right. I'm not going to spank you at the end of this. If you disappoint me, what if you spank me? <laughs> with that. Uh, but so so like i was like all right speed at which i watch these and you know like if i finish them i was like all right i can do seasons so please tell me you developed an algorithm to come up with your top three picks yeah i did and i actually came up with different categories <laughs> as well because i ended up having a lot that I, that you know we could always talk about but um i went ahead with my first my number one because i'm gonna start there we'll, well start with three we're gonna build up to the top all right start. we're gonna do that yeah start with three the three I did Stranger Things. Okay. I absolutely love Stranger Things. I think the music is incredible. Those kids, everyone in there, all the characters, they're just great. Um, and I love, I love like sci-fi. You know, it kind of has like a Goonies vibe to it, but it's also scary, which I really like. Um, so that's my number three. Okay. All right. Uh Anything to add on Stranger Things, Rob? I've never actually seen this. People have asked me to watch Stranger Things, and I've given it a try. I think it's got the coolest intro I've ever seen. I love the sort of like almost lasery sound to the music and sort of the, the awesome. whole, the, yeah, the whole what you said, titles kind of going back. Yeah, it sort of emerges from the show. I tried to watch it, I and I I did enjoy it, but I almost just, I, I don't know. Sometimes if it doesn't really just fucking grab me from the beginning, then... I, I'm, I'm a quitter, whatever, but I have not seen it, so I don't really have too much to say. Rod, have you seen Stranger Things? Are you a big fan? Or are you? What's your thoughts? This parlor is nicely into my, my third choice, if I may. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like you. I've given Stranger Things three solid attempts, and I, I enjoy it, but it's just not one that's gotten me to sit down and actually watch the whole thing in one setting, like uh, some of these others. Okay. And I was the same way with the show Black Mirror, which I think it's, uh, is it BBC produced? Do y'all know? Like, I feel like- I think it's, it's a co-production, but yeah, it's mostly BBC. Okay, because it's got a lot of English actors, but I, I tried it once and I was like, well, this is a weird, this is weird. <laughs> and then I gave it another try and I'm like, okay, this is all right. And then I uh, um, gave it one more try, and I ended up watching, like, the first three seasons. And I'll even go back now and watch this one particular episode with John Hamm and that uh, cheap man's Matt Damon, poor man's Matt Damon, whatever the saying is. Um, two episodes, that, I mean, I still go back and watch. Have you seen, have either of y'all seen that show? I've seen like a few episodes. I didn't realize they had pretty big stars in it. Um, obviously, I saw the first episode, which <laughs> that one brought me in. I, I really wanted to like keep watching it. Um, but with all these platforms, all these shows, yeah, I just kind of I lost track of it. But it was, I mean, it was super entertaining. The one where the prime minister um, where's Waldo, or the, uh, the one where he has to do the thing with the pig. Yeah, he basically uh, has sex with it. 
I know I've I've read all the premises to them, and honestly, it's some. It, I read them, and then I go, I don't want to see it. Like it, <laughs> which it, it, it is weird. It's bizarre. I, I'm kind of a big pussy when it comes to like weird, excruciating, awkward stuff on screen. Like I do not like any of the Saw movies. I do not like anything that like is you see weird stuff happen. I can. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm. I've never seen Black Mirror, but I have like people have told me enough about it where I go, oh, I'll, I'll give it a, a read, and I can read that stuff. But it, when I read it, I go, oh, I don't really want to actually see it vividly locked into my imagination. Yeah, it, like a real live sort of viewing of it. Um, and every ep- every episode's different, so I can see how that could be binge worthy because I mean, you're just kind of whether whether while there's not like a set plot necessarily i just it's like okay well, i'm gonna go to the next episode let's see what they come up next you know yeah it's basically like we're separate movies they're not the same characters right there's no uh, continuous story. different writers for every show too yeah and okay. kind of, i feel like it's been dubbed or like described as like the like today's twilight zone type of it's exactly show. what it is which by the way is coming back with jordan peele has it not already started, or is it not that I care too much? But I thought it already started, didn't it? Didn't it start like after the Super Bowl? What maybe like I thought that was the big yeah. deal is that it was supposed to start like right after the Super Bowl or something like that. Yeah, it might have. Okay, so obviously you're not as big a fan as you think you are. Um, well, <laughs> I would probably can't. Right. It, so. I want to move on. This is my number three. Um, this is the I feel like this is the original, not the original binge worthy show, but. Uh, Netflix started kind of binge stuffing when they when they introduce all shows, you know, all at once. But this is uh, this is the one that kicked it off. I'm going with House of Cards. I love. But, well, I'm going to give a little asterisk on this because I don't like the, the last like two seasons or whatever. But the first three seasons are fucking fantastic. The accused rapist Kevin Spacey is great. Yeah. Uh, it's so compelling. There's so much stuff going on, and I love, I love. I'm not usually a big fan of the fourth wall thing, breaking the fourth wall thing, but the way they do it on that show makes you actually feel like you're a part of the show rather than you're actually sort of just getting informed about stuff. It almost feels like, like you know, those like rides like Disney or Star Wars or something like that, where they're like some character like breaks on the screen, go, "All right, we're gonna break into this," and like they sort of, yeah. and then you sort of move and stuff like that. You actually feel like you're sort of a part of his journey. I, I thought it was great. It's, I thought it was a fantastic show. At least the first three three seasons of it. Absolutely. I think it's an old Shakespearean like tactic where they like talk to the audience kind of thing. I mean, but I'm not sure. Where, but, I can't remember where breaking the fourth wall starts. I mean, but you could also say that it's sort of Greek and Roman tragedy. I think more Greek tragedy where they had what's called the chorus and they would sort yeah. of do exposition yeah, sure. and sort of break the fourth wall kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I, don't, I probably goes but then again. So, I mean, I went back and forth uh, of having House of Cards and a, a lot of other shows, but especially <laughs> cards on my list because when uh, when Emily and I were living in Korea, when we first got there, we didn't have anywhere to live. We were like in and out of hostels. We were watching House of Cards just like at all times, pretty much anytime we were awake. And I mean, dude, that Kevin Spacey is incredible, and so is uh. Uh, Robin Wright, Robin Wright Penn. Yeah, Robin Wright Penn. Yeah, Robin Wright. And I, I pretty, I love anything political. So oh. I just, I just thought like the first three seasons. Were, I mean, I liked all the all the seasons, although I've not seen the last season. 
Uh, this is such trash. You can tell that they had to write it in such a hurry because after all the accusations with Kevin Spacey happened, they had the story in place and then they had to sort of like take him out, but also, you know, like Even at the same time, it yeah. was so bad. So I, I just erased that one from my memory. The other ones are decent, but the first three I think are the best. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember when it first came out, I sat down with my computer, watched, and I just kept on going and going and going. And I feel like that's what yeah. obviously binge worthy means. But they sort of started that whole thing once they sort of introduced some other shows and they saw people just watching them in such consecutive order. So they just released them all at once. Uh, Rod, or who's who's next? So we go back to go back to Preston. We go back to Rod. Or do I need to go to number two? Are we going sort of dag like snaking? Sure. Or are we doing? Go ahead. Go ahead. It's, a, it's okay. a snake. It's a snake draft. It's a snake draft. Okay. All right. So I'm sticking with not Netflix, but this is what kind of kicked it off. With I remember this is what almost inspired the way that Netflix dropped House of Cards. But I'm going with Breaking Bad. Uh, I was not like most people. I was not someone that watched that from the beginning on AMC. I had to catch up like everyone. That's how it became popular. As I remember, like not many people were watching it originally live on AMC, but they all caught up once they dropped all the shows all at once on Netflix. <coughs> I was hooked in. It's also, I mean, it's such a bingeable series because it's not, the, it's, it's so great, but it's not that complicated. There's not that many characters. There's not that many. It's just mm-hmm. Jesse, Walt, and then sort of there. Obviously, people get involved or whatever, but it's very, very straightforward. Uh, very easy to follow. You can just sit there and watch the whole fucking thing. It's great. Uh, okay, so is uh, I think Willie's on the on the line. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure I, both of y'all at I, least I, seen. I, I probably stole that one from one of y'all. I imagine. Yeah, you did. Um, so I, I don't really want to say anything yet because it's not my number two. Oh, it's, it's oh god! I stole your number one. <laughs> yeah. Real, di- real dig move. Uh well, I mean, we should have uh, discussed. This. You said you've got like eight different things in your algorithm. Well, so here, let me elaborate on that. I, I mean, <laughs> I I got so into it because it's so hard to come up with three. So I started doing like kind of a category of like your epics, your classics, which is like to me that's that's like your Game of Thrones, your Breaking Bad, yeah. your Twin Peaks, which I also wanted to include, um, Dexter. Uh, you know, some of these other Dexter may not be a class, but Dexter's good. Dexter's then, not classic. Dexter's not classic. Then you have your, uh, as your comedies, is like your 30 Rock, your Arrested Development, your Office, your uh, Curb, Seinfeld, South Park. Dude, you may be hitting on some of our other guest uh, you choices. Went, you went all in on. Yeah. I mean, you get three, bro. I almost, I just didn't even want to include, com- not that I, I just, I mean, if you guys watch, we were talking about before we started recording, but uh, if you guys watch my HBO history. I I play Veep nonstop, and it's oh, just constantly on loop. I love that show. It, I find stuff in that show all the time that I'd never even recognize. But I just, it's just a nice thing to have going on while I'm sort of doing stuff around my apartment. Yeah. But uh, it's, I don't know if it's bingeable, but it's just a nice little familiar voice. But it's always always on. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm sorry, Rod. Who went, who went first here? So uh, we're on two. Did you? We're on two. So Rod, it's your it's your pick. Uh, Did you do one dress in there or no? I I haven't said my number two. I left it out as I was naming things. Okay, so it's it's Rod's <laughs> choice here at number two. We're going back. Uh, it's snaking to Rod. Okay, I like you, Matthew. Did not choose Breaking Bad, but I did not watch it on 
didn't see either and ended up binge watching that whole thing in a matter of days um, on Netflix. But very closely related, uh, my number two is Better Call Saul. Oh, good. And I go back and rewatch that one all the time because there's so many. It's kind of, I feel like it's a slow moving show. Oh, yeah. And it's not quite as exciting as um, Breaking Bad, but I really like what Bob Odenkirk yeah. saw. I love Saw Golden's character. So that's my number two pick, which I think that originally was on AMC, right? It it's still on AMC. Uh, okay. But does it, does it get released all at once on Netflix now, or how does that work? Well, I, I guess I should preface it with, I think the current, I think it's still going, like season five is on AMC. They have through season four on Netflix, I believe. Okay. Dude, I watched the first two seasons of that, or maybe in the first three, and I I was trying and I was just waiting for it to get really exciting, but it almost, it just never got to the point or the peaks of sort of Breaking Bad and sort of in terms of like the tension and like the, the stakes, so to speak. Like you never really felt as engrossed in it like you did in breaking bad and maybe that you shouldn't have to compare it to its predecessor but it's impossible not to like i i I love breaking bad a lot and i just kept on watching that hoping it would sort of keep escalating the way that breaking bad did and it just almost became it just it was so slow and it just also that the characters weren't the same to me i i mean obviously you just had really compelling characters with uh Walter White and also the drug dealers that were involved were always so much fun to watch, but they just didn't have that same sort of villain to sort of contrast Saul Goodman to the same way they did with Walter White. Are you a fan of Better Call Saul, Preston, or what? It, you? Um, I had a very similar experience that you did, uh, Matthew. I I watched like the first four episodes, <laughs> and it's just, it is slow moving at the beginning, and it's not again like with any of these shows. It's it's not that like. It, it didn't pull me in enough at the time where I was going to stick with it. But, you know, I, I've always told myself, all right, I'm going to go back and watch this. But like I said, like there's so many other shows going on and you're trying to watch these other ones. And uh, yeah, it's hard not to compare it to Breaking Bad. And, and I, I mean, Better Call Saul probably does not exist without Breaking Bad. And I just think, yeah, if you, if you, if you are comparing these characters, which fair or not fair, I mean, I just think the general premise of Breaking Bad, like this chemistry teacher, you know, kind of introverted. And I mean, just like the, the very beginning premise of Breaking Bad and what 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 all happens. Like, it's just I, I can't that can't I can't get that to like leave my mind as I'm watching Better Call Saul. And, and it was just such a faster pace to begin. Yeah, um, but that, but that really the first first episode of Breaking Bad. It doesn't he cook meth literally in the first episode of Breaking Bad? Like it takes almost like it takes almost a full season before Saul be, even becomes like takes his LSAT or something like that. It just it, it definitely is like a slower pace yeah. as far as all right. I'm a chemistry teacher. I'm gonna make meth versus oh I'm a fuck up. Maybe I'll become a lawyer by seat. episode ten. <laughs> like it's sort of it's it definitely definitely takes a little bit more time. It's probably uh, a more intellectual show, so that's probably why Rod likes it more than we do. So, uh. <laughs> I browse up, Rod. Gordon Kirk, though, is great. Uh, I've, I've always enjoyed him and pretty much everything he's in. Oh, yeah. Mr. Show is fantastic. And then he transitioned to a, you know, I mean, a dramatic actor, and he's great. Mr. Patrick, Sh- you're number two. Let's uh, 
So my number two um, is a, a only a season of this okay. series, and Ooh. it is True Detective season one. I almost did the Good. exact same thing as you. I did, but I didn't because I thought I thought about happen. putting it as number one. Season um, three, though, is season three is pretty bingeable, but season one, though, yeah, I mean, let's so go ahead, give your again. It was another show saw in uh, Korea, so I guess it came out in 2014. Um, you don't know your timeline. <laughs> I was definitely there, you know. Um, and I mean, well, for one, it was like what it was basically the peak of matthew mcconaughey's renaissance as like an actor <laughs> you know yeah it, i think he was uh, dallas buyers club had, had already been out i think or and he just kept that mustache he kept the mustache yeah. With a little bit, yeah 20 pounds yeah and um and then uh you know he won the oscar for that too but um yeah i mean you, you were seeing an actor who'd been around for a while, done a lot of rom-coms and all that shit, and comes in and does, to, in my opinion, one of the, like, the most just, first off, visually appealing, um, and then just like thematically with all the symbolism. And again, it's like another type of show that for me, like it's kind of scary, but it's also like, there's a, it's a big mystery. And I, just, I don't know, I just thought the acting was great. I love uh, Woody Harrelson. He's always always good. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I watched. I think there were like episodes, maybe seven. Yeah, there were there were t- I think there were ten episodes. Were ten episodes? Okay. Um, saying, what do you what are you pointing out? Was there ten? Ten? Yeah, I think there's ten. I think I might have stolen this from Ron. Um, you did? No, <laughs> but it, it just. Oh, right. It just sort of came out of left field, right? The way that the yeah, whole yeah, map it did. In the way that uh, it sort of started, it was three different timelines, and I don't think people were ready for that as far as the previews were. Right. We knew Matthew McConaughey was going to be in it. We knew Woody Harrelson were going to be in it, was going to be in it. And then all of a sudden, as soon as it started, you see Matthew McConaughey with like a long hair, ponytail with a mustache. <laughs> he looks so grizzled and he's talking like crazy philosophically and you just don't even know what world you're in. And then it just dumps you right in the middle of what, like crazy backwoods, Louisiana, which is a really pretty area. Beautiful, man. It's, it's so scenic and so pretty, but also contrasted with all the nasty shit that's going on in the show. It, it makes yeah. for a really cool, interesting vibe. Uh, yeah, right. I think that, that's it. Like, it just the the setting. Was, I mean, the Louisiana <laughs> itself is like a character in that entire show. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely it's part of it. No, it's 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 almost yeah. Like the uh, the other like smaller characters in the show are so almost almost yeah. They're almost sort of breathed out of the setting, so to speak. You you sort of there's like scenes where they're sort of like visiting. I don't want to like. It almost sounds like I'm reading some type of like kids fiction movie, but like the water people, I remember they go like on sort of like the docks and stuff and there's people sort of like, and then there's other people that are in the woods. It's just like a whole different sort of vibe. Like everyone sort of morphs into where they're, they're living kind of, I mean, it sounds silly, but it is, it's a great show. It's fantastic. They nailed the dial. I mean, then again, I'm not some backwoods Louisiana expert, but I, I feel like they nail the dialects really well too at least in a believable sense maybe people from there would disagree but i feel like it nothing felt hyperbolic or sensationalized it was 
it was all just so good. Well, you got two Texans, Woody and <laughs> McConaughey. I mean, you know, they probably have some experience with people from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, still your pick, or 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 you uh you got something to say about True Detective season one? Or you can wait if you need to. <laughs> I can. Well, I, I, mean, I, I feel like you. I feel like you were up. Did 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 Preston steal your pick, or we? Uh, what, that you, was my number one choice. I'm not. Do you have a new one? Or are you? Are do you, do you feel? Yeah, like, I have yeah. some backups. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll. Uh, I hope we'll let. Uh, we'll let Preston go to his number one because we're snaking back around. Preston number one. Then we'll go to Rod's number one, and so then uh, he's going to change his now. Well, he can change his if you took his number one. I mean, you can change yours number one since I I told I took Breaking Bad. You did take Breaking Bad. Well, I mean, I'll be pissed if you take my number one. But I'm, I'm curious. I don't think I was going to take my number one because I'm so original and creative. Uh, <laughs> I just want to start listing out shows now. Yeah, just list. Go ahead. You're number one. Go for it. Well, I love Breaking Bad, but you'll put the asterisk next to the, next to this. Number one for Preston's Breaking Bad, but he's going to give us another one to talk about. Go well, I mean, if we're not going to talk about Ozark, geez. I mean, Ozark really is incredibly bingeable. I mean, Matt yeah. just got through all three seasons. No, and I didn't complain about it. No, it's great. So well, it's we're not going to talk about Breaking Bad since we already kind of did. I mean, there are two shows I want to mention. Okay. One is pretty obvious. Um, I did. I, I did not keep up with this as it was coming out, and, and I think it was um, like the summer of 2017 where oh, I watched. Okay. All like all of it up until the final season, and that was Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. So you're going Game of Thrones? I legit. No, I don't think so. Okay. okay. <laughs> I want to throw in a bit of a curveball. Um, oh. and I might I might amend these later. We'll, we'll talk about it. But did y'all ever see these these British crime shows? I think are so good on Netflix, and not not enough people watch them. But season one and season two are really good. But the show Broadchurch is... Oh, I thought you were going to go with Luther, but I, I've never seen Broadchurch. But go ahead. Sorry. Do you want to see Luther? Is that your one? No, it's not. But I, it's a great show. Okay. It was under consideration, but it's a great show. But Broadchurch uh, is great. Again, like similar to True Detective in a way in that it's like a, a murder mystery. You get, to, you get to know these characters, a kind of a... Um, no, I wouldn't say like, and you're not overwhelmed by so many characters um, like you are in some other shows. But Broadchurch, I think once you get past the accents, like kind of the backwards, like Cockney English accents, like you start to kind of get to know these characters a little bit more. But I think some people at first when they watch it, they're like, I can't understand what these people are saying. Do they sound like Peaky Blinders? I hope that's not one of, that's not my number one, but Peaky Blinders is a great show. Obviously, but I remember people telling me they can't understand anything, and you have to watch it in subtitles. Really, I've actually watched a little bit of that, but another show I need to probably get into more. But uh, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it sounds like Peaky Blinders. I mean, it's set in modern day, um, and it's just again like you got your like rogue detective. He's got his personal demons, you know. Yeah. Every single cop, every single cop's an alcoholic. Every single cop is abandoning his family for the job. It's a pretty standard trope. It is always it, works, yeah. but it always works. We always sympathize with him. He's yeah. got to stop the crime, and guess what? His family's got to come second sometimes. 
<laughs> yeah. Pretty accurate. But uh, <laughs> Olivia Coleman is in it. And this was, I mean, this is not that long ago when the show happened, but since then, Olivia Coleman has has been in some pretty huge productions, obviously The Crown, and she was in that, the movie The Favorite. Um, she's, I think she won an Oscar or an Emmy. What did she win? She, she won something. So she's become huge, but she was in Broadchurch as one of the detectives that worked with the uh, more troubled detective. Well, it's, just, it's really good, man. Like it's, I, I don't know if you've seen Happy Valley. Like that's another good. Is it, is it on Netflix? Because I'm, I'm up for yeah. British crime drama. Okay, I'll probably give it a Happy shot. Valley, Marcella is really good too. Dark is good, but that's a little different. I think that's German. So, okay, so we're gonna. We need to, all right, <laughs> we'll give Preston's extended list on Instagram. He's got a whole list. We'll also give you the algorithm he used to work it all out. It is, yeah, I get talk about that. Yeah, uh, that'll be bonus footage once we like release it on Patreon. Okay, uh, <laughs> a lot right. of number number. <laughs> Rod, you're number one. Uh, My number one is going to be Sopranos. Oh, yeah, classic. Yeah. Classic. I figured someone was going to say that. <sighs> Rod, how many times have you watched it? How, how quickly did you watch it? Did you watch it in real time? What was your I experience mean, with Sopranos? It's not on Netflix, is it? It, it was... All right, so before Netflix started creating their own material, they had a they had a contract with HBO where they yeah. had all HBO shows on there and you could binge watch all of them. But then once HBO started wanting to have their own streaming app and then Netflix started wanting to create their own material, it all went to not went to shit, but they took all of HBO's content off of Netflix. So there was a there was a a window where you could stream all HBO stuff on Netflix. I don't know if that's when you watched that's it. That's what I that's what I did. Okay. And how quickly do you think you went through it? I mean, there's like it's it's pretty dense content. I don't mean that in a mean sense. I mean like it's it's a lot to handle. So it's absolutely. Uh, that was probably four months. Four months. Because that was like 2014. It wasn't during quarantine. Yeah. So I mean, you were probably you know going through. You had so much golf to play and so much other stuff to do. You couldn't possibly sit down in front of the TV. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, just living on the couch, couch, distracting you, um, all sorts of too many distractions. But you still got through it, and you still loved it. Loved it. All right, who was your? I mean, Preston, you probably seen Sopranos, I imagine. Like, have you uh, gone through it once or twice, or have you just seen it once or none? I, I'm gonna have to tell you this, guys. I've never seen The Sopranos. Oh my goodness! I know. I was hoping uh, nobody would bring it up, so I wouldn't have to confess this. But <laughs> I will say, uh, my wife and I have discussed this at length in uh, these quarantine times. Has Emily not seen it either? Or is... I, I think, like me, like we've seen parts of it, like parts of season one, and um, for whatever reason, just haven't gotten through it. But we are going to. It already is. It's on the list of some like classics that we it's, it's, it's just such a big undertaking because there's not only is it, it's i think it's six or seven seasons but it's like 12 or 13 episodes a season so when you start it you're committing yourself to like 90 hours of tv which is well, obviously a lot of shit to do like if you commit yourself to watching like what we did last week what uh tiger king 
five hours, six hours, not a big deal. But if you're like, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch fucking Sopranos, not only is it so much time, but it's also, you know, it's so jam-packed with material because it's not something you can really just kind of sit through and casually watch. It really is. It's an intense show, so you have to sort of pay attention. Yeah, but, sure. I mean, if anything, at this point, I just want to see it so I don't have to be that, that guy who's like, no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> um of course, you know, I do know what at the ending, like what how it plays out, which is unfortunate. But I, I feel like when it happened, everyone was talking about it, and it was just all over the place, and it was hard to avoid it. No, you can't avoid it. Um, so that's you know, Rod. Do you maybe think that, maybe that's do you think he's dead, Rod, or do you think he's do you think he's alive? I said, do you think he's dead, or do you think he's alive? No. Tony Soprano at the end when it just fades to black. He's alive. Oh, he's alive. <laughs> In the show. Huh? It's a convincing argument. Um, <laughs> pretty convincing. I don't think I need to see it now. Yeah, no, I think Rod just settled it for you 100%. He's alive. He's kicking it. He's just hanging out on Jersey Beach. He probably got liposuction and maybe a face transplant. And he's just killing it. Um, all right, so I'm going to go with my number one and number <sighs> We're going to morph into uh, our discussion of Ozark. Matthew, before you say that, I would like to, I would like my number one to be True Detective. <laughs> what? I would like my number one to be True Detective. Okay, so you want to change True Detective in Broadchurch? Yeah, flip that. Okay, or do you want to just change Broadchurch to number three and just bump Stranger Things up to two? Or Yeah. Look, you, can have, you can have Breaking Bad as one. We, I just, you know, I just stole it. That's not a big deal. Like, we'll, yeah, you stole it, man. That was okay. We'll serious just, theft. For the record, I mean, as if we're talking to cops here on this podcast. Um, my number one. I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm surprised Preston mentioned this because I thought you would be a fan of this show, but maybe not. Um, because this was speaking of Netflix when they just dropped all these series and dumped all this stuff, and you were able to stream everything all at once. Uh, number one, I went with Lost. I watched that show. I watched like the first, and and we have done qualifiers. So Rod did like the first season of True Detective, or Preston the first season of True Detective. Yeah. I'm going with the first three or four seasons of Lost. I, the the last two got a little murky or whatever, mm-hmm. but I've never been locked onto a show as quickly as I was with the first episode of Lost, and just kept on going and going and going and going. I remember just watching on my computer, <laughs> just knew i had to get up and sleep like go to sleep and get up in the morning whatever and it just i never never was able to put it down did did rod just quit the chat or what happened that's gone there he is rod did you just do a magic trick like a david blaine disappear and then reappear type of thing have you seen have you have either guys seen lost or am i on my own like little um well, i saw the i think i saw the first two seasons and part of season three but I, I would not, when I was watching it was when it was like what was it, ABC or yeah, like no 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 I I thought it was a joke and I thought it sucked because I remember actually I remember uh, what's his name uh, Rob your former roommate I can forget his last name or whatever uh, but he was huge into it Hayes when we were in college yeah Rob Hayes was huge into it we were in college and he was like dude you want to watch Lost at our Lost party and I kind of dismissed him like oh I got better things to do like yeah drink by myself. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I remember him him being huge into it, and then I, I just didn't have anything to watch, and I put it on, and from the moment go, I was locked into it 100. 
Rod, if you've never seen it, you really should give it a go. You'll yeah. probably be addicted to it from the word, unless unless you've given it a try and you think it sucks. Or what's your what's your take? Uh, I feel like it'll be like Game of Thrones for me, which I used to put on to go to bed. <laughs> the, the Game of Thrones theme song, and I fall asleep within ten minutes. Oh my god! So when you just, just wake complaining about back. how you can't sleep, and now you've got the mirror made it here, it's just watching Game of Thrones getting beheaded. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> You're saying you have not seen Game of Thrones. I've not seen past the guy getting beheaded. Like, isn't that the first fucking scene? No, that's the ninth there, there episode. Quite a few beheadings. Ninth episode. A, oh no, no, the first scene. No, no, there is a beheading in like the first five minutes. You're right. Yeah, but Let there's a fa- the most famous ones in the ninth ninth episode. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you so you have not gotten past episode one. Oh, so I just spoiled. That's like the first five minutes. Yeah. It is gracious. It's like where it's where he says like, "Let the boy watch," right? Yeah. No, I believe that's Let from the boy uh, watch is from the Eastbound and Down. Powers. Yeah, I've not seen it. And I said Gabriel walked into the room. He's confused. Sean Bean with Will Ferrell and Eastbound. Oh, that's also, a I mean, it's close. It's close to like the interpretation of it, but it's not even. Close. It's not the same. Incredible I scene. Watch. The bloopers of that of that uh, particular scene are incredible, and he's found it down. <laughs> you know, Still, that, whole episode about those bloopers. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> oh god, there was something I was. Oh, god, there's so many shows, y'all. We. I know, but I'm surprised that Rod doesn't like uh, Game of Thrones just because there's so many hot women in there, so many, uh, I won't say, uh, sexual moments. Not that Rod's like looking for tits on screen, but is there's there's a lot to see, especially in that first season of Game of Thrones. There's so much weird nipple action like we're viewing right now. It, yeah, I, I remembered people at first, like when I would hear people describe it, they'd be like, it's an incredible show, uh, but it is essentially like a low-key porno. Uh, <laughs> dude, that's what they did. I mean, it, was a, it definitely was the strategy of Game of Thrones to lure people in with, like, softcore pornography and then get them hooked on the story. Yeah. So it was almost like some drug dealer, like, he go, he go, he go, and then, like, you got you got hooked and you had to stay and watch the whole thing. I can just see what's his name, George R. R. Raman or whatever. <laughs> George R. R. Martin, Martin definitely, yeah. definitely Raman. is definitely, definitely has watched his fair share of pornos in his life. I guarantee that, and has a vivid, vivid imagination. Probably could have a second career as some type of director for Brazzers. Um, all right, so are we, uh, <laughs> we, we, we done with these picks? I thought that was a little, that was a great little segment there. Rod, do you have anything to add, or you? Uh, you seem like you're getting ready to talk about Ozark now. You got into your hillbilly phase of the podcast. Yeah. Shirts off, beers out. Any moonshine over smoking. there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so that's going to wrap up the picks, and we're going to transition incredibly smoothly to our discussion of Ozark season three. Um, I feel like anybody who's listening to this has already seen season three, so we're not going to go any type of <laughs> as far as plot and storyline goes. 
Rod, did you just mouth queef on air? Mouth queef. <laughs> I don't know. I just came up with that. It sounds dumb, so I'll edit that out. That uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk about these three of those. Are we just that's the main gist of this? Um, we're each going to do like three or four points, three, three or four, depending on how quickly this goes, of our favorite moments from the series. And uh, yeah, and I'm sure we're going to, with each point, we'll probably sort of have to give some context about everything. It'll work out really well. Uh, who was, does anybody want to go first? Or, um, Rod, do you want to start? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go for it. I, I think this is probably like episode six, I'm going to guess. But, you know, Wendy and Michael Bird? His name's Marty Bird. Marty. And Marty, we know a guy named Michael Bird, so you got to give that to me. That the dude who went to St. James? Bird yeah. Man? Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So Marty and Wendy have been having marital issues. They're going to see this marriage counselor who. Uh, Her name's Sue, by the way. Yeah. Sue, obviously. Sue. Sue, you know. Cashing in. Cashing <laughs> in. She is, Marty is going and visiting her before, like, the therapy sessions. And, um. And after. And after to, like, basically be like, you know, let her win a couple of battles. Like, let her win a couple of her points. And, um. You know, he gives her like I don't know what do y'all think like five six hundred bucks, eight hundred at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's squeezing it out of him. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably started as small as two or three hundred, and then she just kept on gripping those balls and kept on squeezing and squeezing, and it got to the point where it was eight to nine hundred bucks. Yeah, what a therapist costs in California. Uh, No copay there. Yeah. And so then, um, ther- she's probably not even a registered therapist. She's just an old lady with some wisdom. I doubt she has like a PhD or old in- lady in the Ozarks. Yeah, yeah she's she's definitely not like a registered real therapist. She's just a counselor with a bachelor's degree. Uh, I don't have to talk about the car, but continue, <laughs> continue, Robert. Oh, we can talk about the car, Ruggle. Well, I mean, uh, Rod, what were you gonna? The main main gist of this? Were you just talking about the bribe, or what were you gonna get at? I was going to quickly just get at how basically culmination of it all is at the last meeting, Wendy kind of like just spills the beans on everything. And (laughs) then Sue, who's got just probably the most perfect voice for a marriage counselor that I've ever seen. Like, maybe it's very funny, but she's like, you want me to, you know, she's basically like, you want me to tell you all I know that, you know, this isn't a good marriage is <laughs> y'all are both bribing me. And then, uh, the therapist got on us. The therapist obviously is, has a lot of, you know, confidential info that could get them in trouble. And they get Marty goes, how much is this going to cost? And, uh, she's like, well, a whole <laughs> shit ton. <laughs> Is it shit ton or shit load? 
can't remember. I hope it's shit time. I don't know. Regardless, it winds up being, I think, $100,000, and she winds up showing up in the next episode in, like, a brand-new bright yellow, like, McLaren or Ferrari or Lamborghini. Man, who fucking does? It, I think they say McLaren. I don't – I want to know, A, where the fuck are you getting a brand-new McLaren in the backwoods Ozark Lake Town that there is? Yeah. It's sort of kind of weird. I, I mean, I, I she must have gone at least – I guess Kansas City – Realistically, maybe you could get a McCl- uh, you probably get maybe a Ferrari, but I, like you'd have, you'd have to special order a McLaren. And well, and a McLaren's also a one and a half million dollar car, so yeah, it's not. So she, so she, took out, she put down a nice down payment and was expecting to die anyways. I mean, She's, maybe, but she also probably was just like, I mean, who knows how long they were going to see her and just bankrolling them oh yeah maybe she thought she was gonna start getting a, a bunch of hundred grand payments and like i said yes yeah, so she might have had a little fund and put down two or three hundred grand to to pay for the car at least get it off the lot and then you know that's what she's been doing her whole life too you it know? could have been a lease well i mean it was also a, a big point in the show i think when um when marty kind of put together that that helen opter and how that i mean not that he was <laughs> Never suspicious of Helen, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And once you insert Ben, the brother, into the whole equation, and what developed there, I think, uh, I think it, it kind of, it, it also, it kind of solidified. Like, all right, Helen is 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 continuously becoming an issue, and like might be totally undermining us, and like taking, you know, it was just kind of a. A wake-up call to the Helen situation. Well, I was surprised that Helen and the guy Nelson actually used their real names to make appointments. Like, why would you even do that? Great point, for sure. Only, only just to alert. Write it down. Only to like make some point to Marty if you thought he was going to go through her file book or whatever. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah. we'll move on. We'll move on from Sue. Uh, Preston, do you have a uh, <coughs> a point or a scene that you wanted to talk about? We'll go. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and just discuss this. Uh, I, I figured we would at some point. So the very end. Okay. Why did Navarro kill Helen? And um, kind of like, what do y'all think was going on there? It's like behind the scenes that we weren't really privy to. Um, that led to that like incredibly like mouth, you know, gasping moment well the only thing that i think is, is that they you know they kidnapped marty and then there was all sorts of problems during that week where those three people wendy helen and ruth couldn't manage a way to funnel the money properly the way that marty could right. so he almost proved that he himself was the most valuable person in the operation because those three two three people yep. given one week couldn't solve one problem and uh I, you know, and then somehow, for some reason, even after being sort of deflated by proving that they kind of couldn't operate the system by themselves, Helen got way too ambitious, thinking that Marty and Wendy were too big of a problem and started, what, trying to get her own casino license, trying to also operate the whole system by herself kind of thing. And yeah. I feel like it was just it was just one of those things where, you know, what she she tried to fly too close to the sun and just got got snipped. Yeah, she got snipped real good. Snipped right in the face. Um, yeah, I, I think I think 
I think you're spot on. I, I, you know, she clearly, yeah, she's making a lot of moves um, that I don't think Navarro was signing off on. At least we didn't have any indication that he was. Um, He's, like they, they showed like communication between the two of them, and and she he was sort of like I trust you sort of thing. Sure. But I think it was more one of those moments where he was just seeing how far she would push to the limit before he acted on it to see what her ambitions kind of were. Yeah. I don't know. It was all sort of confusing. Like I said, I watched this stuff at sort of a breakneck pace, so I probably missed so much. Well, I, I do think I do think you're right though about the. I mean, with him, with Marty being. Um, essentially in Navarro's custody for that that episode. And I, I think that was a big moment where, I mean, I, what did Navarro say? He was like, he's just like me. He wants to win. Um, that was a huge, like, trust-building exercise with Navarro. And also for him to see Marty, like, in action doing his thing uh, with the Frozen account. I, 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 it, it just happened, like, three episodes before the final episode, maybe maybe more than that. So you kind of forget about that, like, that moment of, of like trust, essentially that they built. Built, um, and then I think with like Wendy, there's the obvious, and maybe that's it. Like the fact that she, what she did with her brother, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, but by letting you know, essentially letting them come come kill Ben, I think while Navarre didn't admit. That, I think that did mean a lot to him, and so those. I think those were two pretty obvious signs, um, and then just yeah, like whatever was happening in the background with uh, what's your face, Helen, like just kind of going rogue a little bit. And Navarro maybe not really signing off on all that necessarily. Yeah, I just, I just think it kind of, it, it maybe it was more obvious than it, it if we like saw this every Sunday, you know. But when you're watching it in succession like that, you just kind of get lost in, in like every moment. Yeah, no, I, I almost made some points when I was making these like lists or whatever. And I caught myself doing scenes from season two just because they all kind of blurred together a little bit. Right. Uh, uh, do you have any you you uh you want to talk about the ending a bit? Or did you what did you think about it? I was pumped to see her go. <laughs> Uh, so you were um, a fan of like the Jane Lynch meets Big Bird character? No, dude, she was just she was ruthless. Um, I think that as far as like why did they do that? I think it's because yeah, like you were saying, Matthew, like Navarro knows that she's pretty much what she actually I think was starting to realize that she wasn't as big of an asset as she thought, so she wanted to get rid of. Uh, That's probably a good point, too. Of Wendy and Marty. And I think we've got to include Ruth in there because Ruth is probably one of my favorite characters. I don't know. I think Ruth came over to her house before they left for that trip to Mexico. And she asked Ruth, she goes, would you come back to work if Marty and Wendy were off the tape at the table? So I I think she appreciated Ruth's contribution. But obviously, like you said in the first, I think beginning of the season she didn't trust her but i think by the end of the season she realized her value but she just didn't like having to deal with marty and wendy's kind of family fuck up so to speak i think that whole ben situation really topped her over the edge and also sort of the whole personal thing which is a scene that i'll I'll get into right now because it sort of relates to this and sort of how their relationship works i was going to talk about that scene where uh 
the kids. So Jonah and Charlotte and uh, Helen's kid, her name is Aaron or whatever, they go out and meet those guys at the lake. And I don't know if you guys got confused about this at first, but the guy that was sort of flirting with Aaron and trying to get close to her or whatever, he kind of looks like he's a Mexican. So I always thought he was in the crime cartel. I don't, it's not racist. He looks like he's a Mexican and he's got this whole sort of little stash going on, but he winds up being a part of the, what the Kansas city mob or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I just always assumed he was a part of the Navarro cartel. So it took me a little, took me a little second to realize yeah. that. He looks like what's his face, uh, Jason or Justin long, an actor. He looked like Pedro from Napoleon dynamite. Oh, like, he, gonna, like, he was instead of like giving her beer, he was going to be like, I think I'm going to like bake her a cake or something and try to fuck her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that whole scene was sort of, I just thought it was so weird how it escalated so quickly to him just going. So they're like all at the lake hanging out, drinking beer or whatever, listening to music. And he's just like, why don't I just bring out my gun and start like shooting at the ground or whatever. But I just thought it was badass that Jonah took the gun and started taking, you know, uh, what he shot three, three um bottles in a row yeah but i was also wondering what y'all guys thought because he he clearly respected uh i don't want to say respected but didn't want to fuck with Aaron. but he also had no respect for charlotte and jonah even though marty's dad you know marty and wendy are both pretty powerful people like he didn't care about calling jonah big pussy didn't care about like almost shooting at their feet kind of thing like he's a low-level little associate for the Kansas City mob, I was surprised that he had so much bravado and trying to almost intimidate, you know, two big players in the whole business. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was just like, yeah, it was just kind of, it was so overt. Like, you just knew, like, all right, this guy's not going to last much longer. Like, yeah. it's kind of ridiculous. Every time he shows up, it's just, it's like, I mean, yeah, the, the point how old did you guys think the guns? How old? How like your first guess? How old did you guys think he was? Because those girls are in the show, fifteen or sixteen years old. That's I mean, how, like in his early twenties. Yeah. So what a creep! I mean, he's trying to hit on like tenth graders. Like he really like it's kind of a very very like when you think about it, it's a very very creepy fucking situation. I mean, Charlotte's what like seventeen, and I think Aaron is like fifteen, and Jonah's. 13 in the show, I think Charlotte's like 15 or 16 in real life. She's, we were able to talk about her. But in the show, I think she's... I think she was 17 in season three. Okay. Maybe. Well, doesn't she discuss with Wyatt about going to school with oh. him? Going to college? And I also remember that in season two, when they're like, you know, she's gotten emancipated. Yeah. They are like, Wendy's like, well, you know, at least she went to her first day of classes. Yeah, that was in high school. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, um, I thought she just meant moving to where University of Missouri was for a while. I didn't know, I, I feel like, I don't know what the timeline is. Like I said, I watched this so quickly, and I think after season two, it kind of takes a jump to season three, so it could be a little bit of time or whatever. I thought in season two, she was like 16. Well, she can drive, remember? She can drive. Yeah. So she's at least 16. So I don't know, 16, 17. Doesn't really matter. It's still sort of creepy if these guys are in their early 20s hitting on high school students. I think that's a, a bit odd. It was but, an odd scene. It almost seems like the gun part was just so that they could have that moment where Jonah shoots it and it kind of like it makes you remember Buddy. Because then Buddy yeah. like 
I'm out of hunt and stuff. What did, what, I mean, did you guys, I feel like this was a moment I was expecting was that Jonah was going to wind up hooking up with that Aaron girl and it never happened. Like he got a kiss out of it, but they were building up this whole thing. Like she was yeah. a virgin and she wanted to lose her virginity during that summer. It and was I was good. like, oh. I mean, Jonah's the awkward guy. He's kind of spying on with their drone, and then he kind of proves himself. I thought at the end, we were building up to this moment where he was going to like have a McLovin-type <sighs> moment at the end of Superbad, and yeah. then it never actually <laughs> it never actually happened. I was kind of disappointed. I mean, maybe I, I shouldn't say disappointed as in like, oh, I, should, I really am looking forward to seeing young people hook up, but I, I was like disappointed it didn't happen for Jonah. <laughs> yeah, because it was very, again, a very obvious thing. I mean, there was, there was no doubt that Jonah liked her. Oh, absolutely. Rod, did you think it was going to happen or what were you? Yeah, I was going to say, I know because you just re I rewatched season one and two as well this week. Okay. Uh, in episode one or two, when Jonah gets the drone, the first thing Jason Bateman says is, oh, you know, what are you doing? Are you going to do porn on that? <laughs> drone porn. Yeah, he says drone porn. <laughs> so Jason that, I mean, Bateman said that? Yeah. They hit it at it in episode one, and then they bring it back up when, you know, Aaron and uh, Charlotte are, like, up. sunbathing. I want to look up. Well, well, he Jason Bateman says, are you going to do drone porn? But then Ben says, are you going to – if I was your yeah. age and I had one of these, I would spy on women with them. And that's when Jonah starts sort of creeping over and sort – and then it almost became like a trope during the whole kind of season, like when Jonah was – Walk, like kind of waddling over with the drone, the drone would fall down. He'd go, "Oh God damn it!" <laughs> like it would just like fall down. It was almost a little bit of comic relief. I know it happened at least three times, but like it was just like a whole thing where like he was sort of creeping in with the drone, and it would fall to the ground because he got distracted or something like that. And he like, like whatever. It always fell to the ground. Yeah, like, like straight I, to the ground. Like it almost. I don't think that's how drones work, but anyways, it worked on the TV show. Like. What, Ross, are you a drone expert? I feel like it, as long as like I don't think if you just drop the the controller, yeah. the drone falls down. Do you constantly have to have your finger on the pedals? Yeah. Okay. I think that drone's just a good actor. Like I, I'm pretty sure it'll be up for an Emmy. Yeah, it's, I, mean, I think it's Andy Circus doing like mocap on the drone, and he's just falling straight from a tree or some shit. Andy Circus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody give Andy Circus an award, please. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I think we've all done. Rod, do you want to you want to kick us off with your two or three, or we'll uh, we're I mean we're we're steamrolling ahead. Do you have more points you want to make, or not about this one? Do you want to start a new one? Uh, yeah. So one of the things that kind of throws me off is how what is her name? What is it? The agent's name? Maya. Her name's Maya something, but I think they call her Agent Maya. Maya. I think they call her Agent Maya. But I feel like she should have had that baby by now. Uh. Yeah. Okay, so Agent Maya, when they're doing the whole Ario Speedwagon thing, and that's when uh, Marty Bird gets abducted, right? Right. So, you know, like a month later, they're showing like, you know, the pictures of the surveillance photos, basically, because, you know, Maya and all the other agents were at the REO Speedwagon thing. Yeah, of course. 
they show the picture of the guy that's basically like the known assassin. They're like, did you know he was in attendance? And they're like, no. But my whole thing is, if they had like surveillance and they had photos of this known hitter guy, how would they not have obviously seen Marty getting abducted by him? I, I don't know. There's a lot. That's to- my only thing in the show that I, I may have missed a point but i don't know no 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 like i I, honestly i i i will say this i sort of zoned out the whole time during the fbi talk sometimes it just gets a little too boring even like at least the guy in the previous two seasons was somewhat even though i didn't like his character was somewhat interesting just because he was so weird and off-putting and just like feeding people drugs and also trying to hook up with random dudes. Like this character was just some pregnant woman that kind of was just like, Oh, you're on my last nerve, Marty. Like it was just, I don't know. I, I, she was, it was a reason to get up and go to the bathroom sometimes when she was on, on camera. Um, so I did, I feel like I did miss some of that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have too much criticism with this. Show. I do have one from season one, just because I think it was just, too convenient but other than that like i feel like the show blew by without me going hey wait a minute that's kind of weird but i understand what your point is what part this part i I mean i think i think this is what happened but when ario speedwagon when they're like setting up for the the show and they're talking uh marty goes and talks i think it's marty goes and talks to like the the promoter, the guy who basically is talking, yeah, Mario Speedwagon, yeah, and and he essentially like they openly discuss the money laundering. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah on, let me give, let me give, let me give the guys a call because it's about like them starting later or something. I can't remember. So it was something that had you like the band needed to know, and he calls, he calls and he speaks. He's he says, "Hey, Kevin," and he starts telling him, and Kevin. I assume Kevin Cronin, who's the like lead singer for Mario Speedwagon, and I just thought it was just a funny like, like why why are we including Mario Speedwagon into this money laundering plot? Well, right? Well, Is that yeah. what happens? Like, yeah. So they they basically are saying we're going to lease the equipment to the band. In other words, yeah, not high enough quality. But the phone call. The funniest part about it is you know, Marty's been explaining it to him, kind of beating around the bush. And then their agent calls the band members and he's like, yeah, yeah. He, he's trying to launder money. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, yeah. and, and he's just like, how much? That's... They're like, 100,000? And they're like, hell yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. It made it sound like a super familiar thing. Like they'd done this plenty of times before. Like they're like, oh yeah, we're the speed wagon. You can talk yeah. to us. We're cool with the cops kind of thing. But they also, they wanted to like, Launder money through the merch table, which yeah, I thought yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't pick up on the leasing the equipment thing. When he said a hundred grand through the merch table, I was like, "Oh my god! Like, how are they going to do those fucking receipts? <laughs> like, that is insane." <laughs> I just you can see the writers sitting around being like, "Hey, y'all, should we just kind of like just slyly implicate Ario Speedwagon in this? <laughs> like, I'm some, still- like, fucking hate." Must- they must have been fans or something. They must have been fans because I mean, obviously they played their their song or whatever. And uh, but th- I was gonna say this: like this show actually had a ton of good music. 
I was surprised at how many like great songs that not just in season three, but seasons one and two, I was like, usually TV shows don't have the budget to include like Rolling Stone songs and shit like that. But this, this yeah. show somehow found, I know Netflix has a huge budget, but like, I was amazed that they could just drop, like you know, uh, just all sorts of, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it really does have a great soundtrack. I wish, I don't know. I'm sure somebody on Spotify has put it all together and we can kind of go through it or whatever. But, uh, I thought Scorsese only got to do rolling. <laughs> if there's a Justin Tells Earl or a Towns Van Zandt on there. I'm sure there is, and I didn't recognize it. That would there's all sorts of recognizable tracks that I, I was uh, I was just blown away. Uh, <clears throat> real, real quick, go while ahead. we're on REO, just real quick tidbit. I Shazam a lot. Y'all familiar with Shazam? Of course. Is that you when you don't know a song, you just hear the app. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that REO Speedwagon song is currently the fourth most Shazam song right now. Oh, my God. In the show? What? The one that they play in the show? Yeah, like Time to Fly. Oh, the one, yeah, Wendy sings it in the car. Th- there's actually two songs from Ozark that are in the top ten. I noticed what's, it. What's the other one? Give me a. We'll get back to that. Give me a moment. Okay, I'll. I'll In turn, <laughs> Willis, <laughs> Wizard Beard, Wizard Beard. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, Wizard Beard Orchestra uh, was featured on Ozark. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Arya had some good songs. Not the one they played on the show, though. I don't. I, I never got into them, so I wouldn't. I mean, it's not that they're not that great. No. Let's see. You take it and you leave it, baby, because that's the way you want it, baby. Uh, yeah. Did they have one on a lost Guitar Hero that everyone kind of knew, or am I making that up? I really am not familiar with their catalog, but I feel like it, when we were all doing Guitar Hero like freshman year, I feel like there was an REO Speedwagon song or something like that. I'm gonna, it, it might have been Roll with the Changes, which was like. A huge part in, did y'all ever see Cabin in the Woods? Did you see Cabin in the Woods? Well, there's like a part in the in the movie where like they're celebrating, I, I think, you know, like killing another character, essentially. And um, the, the Aria Speedwagon roll of the change is like a guitar solo comes in and the singing and uh, they're all like high-fiving. Peter Jenkins is in there and What's his Bradley Whitford? I think it's a great scene. Press. I mean, did Runkle disappear? Did I miss? I don't know. I was just talking. Uh, he's filling <laughs> up time, man. Filling up. Time. Uh, yeah, I mean, the way this is going, I might just break this up into two and see how that works and see did, if we. Did you see Cabin in the Woods? I've seen Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. So you know when like they kill or, or like they it seems like they've killed everyone. Yeah. yeah, like they're all start high fiving in like the control room. And it's like Bradley Whitford and, and I, what's his name, Peter Jenkins, I think. And they start playing "Roll with the Changes" by Aria Speedwagon. Okay, that's like that might have been the Guitar Hero song. That could have been it. Uh, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up out of my ass. Um, Press. I mean, Ruckle, did you? I mean, this is all going to be edited. Sorry, but uh, Rod. Did you did you find the other song or what did you? Um, no, 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 no. 
I didn't realize Shazam did like a opt <laughs> Shazam, that was like one of those first apps. It's like it, I would say I'm actually just always happy. Even though, even though I still want my poster back, I'm happy that it's in a good place because I love that poster. Well, I'm just going to put my head right here. Yeah, please let me look at it because I think I, you know. <laughs> so it's the Daily Mail by Radiohead. Oh, that's I remember hearing Radiohead, and I, I, that was one of the, the times I was thinking, how the fuck did they get Radiohead to do a Netflix TV show? Because, but then again, who knows? Maybe Radiohead could be bought for cheap. But that's still crazy. Like uh, I do remember because it, it it was going through the casino. I know that. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right with that? Preston, do you remember that? I feel like yeah. it was a Radiohead thing. They were like going through the. I don't know specifically what happened. Um, I do feel like it was that was the deal. Um, all right, so I think we've all done one or two, or do we? How many have we all done together? Have we, I, I know I've talked two, right? Or have we talked? Um, but we're we're going we through discussed, it. We discussed uh, that scene. I think, I think I think what's gonna sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna edit this out, but I think what's gonna happen is I'm gonna break this up into two different ones. I'm going to release one tomorrow and then one, like, we're just going to break this. Does that make sense? That way it's we're, not too... we're only at like an hour and 10 minutes. Of... Yeah, I know, but I feel like we're going to, we still have stuff to say or do what, maybe. I mean, I, I, we can, let's just read our points out. Let's just, I mean, like. Yeah, I don't know. We're just, we all we're, like, we're having, no, I was saying we're having a good conversation. I wasn't saying uh, it like in a bad sense. I thought we were like all making good points. That I don't want to all edit out. I wasn't saying that as a bad way. I was saying, dude, if we go two hours, I was going to try doing one hour and one hour instead of two hour. Does that make sense, Brad? Absolutely. Does that make sense? We'll just try it out. Like, see how how many people download it twice rather than how many people just download one. Does that make sense? I just yeah. want to do an experiment. Real quick, just because I know we're editing this out, but I'm not going to take up too much time. But may I ask this? Yeah. If we're, we're going to break it up into two, so we're both going to probably choose three from each thing, right? Sure. I mean, for the next, are you saying just go all the way through with this one and divide it in two? I'm sorry. I'm just I was saying let's just, let's, let's get all the points we have written down. Let's do the whole conversation. And I was going to split it up into two different ones. That's all I, I was going to say. And but I just kind of wanted to do an experiment to see if people download both or like, I. that's all I was getting at. Yeah, that's all I was getting at. Instead of having a, a big episode, we'll do two small ones and see if people want to download both episodes. That's all I was getting at. No, I agree. I was just making sure you weren't saying, let's uh, record a whole nother one. No, 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 that, no, no, that, no. That's no. the only thing. No, 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 no. I was not exactly. saying that at all. Good to go. Okay. All right. So uh, let me write this down. Yeah. Rod, is your screen okay? Yeah, Maddie, you can send it to to me afterwards, and I'll tell you all the times where it says that. <laughs> okay. I'm not meaning Rod, to be a like, bitch, but Rod, you're like eat your phone home right now with that finger. I know. I'm trying to get the split screen of like both of y'all, but it's only showing me Preston, and I don't want to see Preston. Yeah, I mean, because my face is too pretty. All right, uh, where were we? Because I think we just talked about uh, my point. We talked about the uh, lakeside thing with Jonah and Aaron and Charlotte meeting up with the guy from the Kansas City Mafia. 
So I know that was my point. I think we've all done one apiece. So do we want to snake back around with me and then we'll go back. We'll do that. Um, this is one. I feel like I'm going to steal this one because uh, this is the one thing that. Oh, I took a okay. Uh, this is the one that I feel like, Rod, you texted me during this thing and you almost, I feel like you were almost leading me in to say, did you see this moment? I could be wrong. Maybe you were just asking how far along I was in, but <laughs> the oh. moment where Wyatt officially becomes like Darlene's lover, I that was the one moment yes. in the whole show where I wanted <laughs> to vomit and throw up. <laughs> I can take the deaths. I can take anything else. This yeah. moment, and I don't want to talk about just from the on the screen moment. I want to talk about from the off the screen moment because this guy is only i think like 20 years old Let's, I'm looking looking at that. the age of the woman is 68 years old and he and had to do, he had to do a full-on pretty pretty movement heavy sex scene <laughs> if that makes sense with uh, a 68 year old woman who i wouldn't categorize as a pretty 68 woman she almost she she looks like she's been worn down a bit um I was like, like, like I said, I, I don't, I, I want to know, I want to do an interview with this guy. We'll never do it. But I want to know what his thoughts were when he first read the script and was like, oh, so I have to like get naked with her and like make love. What? Excuse me. And like, is this going to continue for the rest of the season? Like what, what excuse? Uh, I guarantee he was on the phone call with his agent immediately. Like, can we get off this show? Can they just kill me? This is ridiculous. <laughs> What do you? I mean, what were your thoughts when, like, literally a, a seventeen-year-old dude was hooking up with a sixty-eight-year-old woman in in this show? Because it just blew my mind a little bit. Uh, yeah, I would agree that it, <laughs> I remember when it was happening when you started to kind of feel it bubbling up a little bit. <laughs> I, I think once they got close, it was just kind of like, what if they just kissed right now? And then they <laughs> And you're just, I, I think, like, audibly, I was just like, no, no. <laughs> I thought they would just kiss. I really thought it was just going to be, like, a kiss thing, and he'd, like, pull away. And then, like, maybe the next episode, like, maybe it would get a little bit closer. But it just kept on going, like, oh, we're going to kiss, and we're going to get deep into this literally right now. It was like, get ready. We're doing this now. Like, I thought they were going to, like, let us sort of ease into it a little bit. But, like, they went straight from tangling his hair kissing yeah. and then to just fucking in a matter of a minute and i just it was i thought we'd stretch it out a little bit and just get us prepared for it like the next episode okay i can ready myself these two weirdos are gonna fuck but they just went late they leapt right into it and it just blew my mind <laughs> right i mean like you you feel i feel like the when i said it you this was a moment that you wanted to talk about yeah i mean <laughs> Like 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 uh, Pokey said, it's kind of bubbling up, but in the back of your mind, you're like, surely not, you know, no way. surely not. <laughs> and then just to be quick, you know, like you said, Matthew, I mean, it's it's zero to sixty pretty quick. <laughs> I don't think Wyatt had passed the on deck circle before that either. I think this was yeah. her first rodeo. <laughs> she makes that weird comment at the end, like, you know, like. This ain't, this ain't, I've been around for a long time. I know what I'm yeah. doing. 
And then last rodeo, I've been to 60 fucking rodeos. (laughs) And then lastly, like they they could have just left it with like, um, you know, they're making out and they go to the bedroom. No, they go to the bedroom. And I don't know about y'all, but I couldn't tell like who like who was on top of one another. (laughs) They both have the exact same body type. It's like a 70 year old woman with. A cups hanging down, and then Wyatt is maybe a buck ten with his hair wet, and I literally was like squinting, and I was like, "Oh wait, what am I even doing?" <laughs> because I, there was a sex scene with her with with the other Jacob, former husband Jacob, obviously season two. I love that character, whatever. But I mean, she like had her droopy tits in that scene, and. Like you, it almost got you ready for this one, but but you're right. Like it was, it's just a. I'm amazed that she like agreed to it, and a. I, I, B. I, I just I can't imagine being in that guy's position, being like she wants to do, like what like uh, like can we not just edit this in a way that we don't have, like they clearly and not only that there's so many other scenes where they're like sort of together. They never have the sex scene again, but it's just. It's so awkward. I can't, I can't imagine being in that position. I, I just can't. Like I was just I would have been like, just kill me, just shoot me in the head. Not not literally, but like I would have begged the writers or producers, been like, all right, just get me out of the show. I, I've made enough name for myself. Just get me out. That makes me wonder too, like how far in advance they start writing this part of the storyline. You know, what I mean, like, yeah. But well, no, I mean, six. She is sixty-eight, and he's twenty-one in real life. So we're looking at a, a massive age difference. No, that's insane. It's insane. I can't imagine being in college and being like, "Oh, I'll, I'll hook up with a sixty-eight-year-old woman." Uh, but like, and obviously, he didn't hook up with her. But at the same time, I did. I also not to you know not to droll on about this, but I was surprised that there wasn't sort of some like recoil, like, "Oh, we hooked up." I need some space. Like, that's what happens sort of when you first hook up with someone. He, like, hooked up with her and was like, I like it. Let's keep going. This is <laughs> he great. Was he was in love. Yeah. He Darlene. When it happened, I was like, oh, he's going to hook up with her and he's going to run back to the trailers. Be like, oh, I made a mistake. But it was like, no, I'm the man of the house. If you need something, just call. You know, like, it was just fucked up. Like, you immediately went zero from, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, to, all right, I'm hooking up with a 60-year-old woman. I'm going to own the poppy field. Like, it was just amazing how quick the turnaround was from no confidence to tons of confidence and just, I, I didn't know a, a 68-year-old pussy can do that to you. Uh, I'm sure that's where coronavirus came from. Yeah. <laughs> That or hooking up with apes or something. Um, Gosh, uh, yeah, I, I figured somebody was going to bring that up because it was outrageous, and I'm it, not even sure how vital it was to the story. I mean, it obviously tied in in some aspects. No, no, it does. But it was just still like, <laughs> no, what's happening? <laughs> if anything, he was more gung ho. Like his character. Oh yeah, about it. No, no, no. Like, and no, I thought it would be like sort of like we talked about last week with a uh, Tiger King, how like you know. People in power can manipulate people to do things like whether, you know, like how Joe Exotic fed people drugs or something like that, or Doc Antel sort of gave yeah. them board, but also gave them the opportunity to work with animals. 
this was no cards on the table, no nothing. I think she gave them room and board kind of thing. But it. it could have easily just been like, hey, I don't like it. I'll go back to my cabin. It was like, no, I'm into this. Let's keep doing it. Like, it wasn't a he – didn't, she didn't drug him. She didn't do anything. Like, it was Why like – he was sober as fuck. He was reading like eight books a scene. I mean, yeah. he's like fucking sitting there reading all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I would say that Wyatt and Marty are like the most logical and reasonable. No, they are, and uh, and he's he's super smart, and he he reads all these like first edition books. I was almost thought that she would be like. If you keep fucking me, I'll buy the bookstore for you and you can run it. But it really, there's nothing, there was nothing in it for him other than just the her. It, like, I thought there was going to be some type of, you know, payment or something. It's just so wild that that's how it went from zero to 60. Like, and it, he went from wanting to hook up with a, you know, an attractive girl in Charlotte who is, like I said, she's young. We can talk about her. She's 20. Wow. She's a hot girl. To going from zero, from 20 years old to hot, to 60 years, 68 years old and looking like she's some sort of worn down witch. And that's ridiculous, right? Like, remember, because he was he was kind of, he was hook, not hooking up, but he was with Charlotte. He could have kept that going. Like, he went, that was his rebound, was Charlotte doesn't like me, I'm going to go to this woman. Like, it's, it's, it's such a ridiculous extreme. Yeah. Uh, um, no. That's what bothered me the most in this season. I, I couldn't get over that, but it, it sort of worked itself out. But at the same time, it's just wild. All right. I, I'm hopeful that maybe he's playing the long game. <laughs> and he just took one for the team this yeah. go-round. Yeah. Because I will say, would, would this? I don't think this is jumping ahead, but would y'all not say that the season set up pretty well for another season? Oh, absolutely. But he, and he's going to be sort of – I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you know, they get rid of her and, and Wyatt and Ruth run that whole operation instead of Darlene kind of thing. But I don't – I think he actually genuinely just likes being loved and wanted. I think that's what he wants most of all. But it's weird where it's coming from kind of thing. And it's weird that it's not only being wanted and liked and loved – but also manifesting itself in sort of a very weird physical form. That's all. Uh, the least. Uh, okay, so we hit on that. We don't need to talk more about like if that's sort of an illegal relationship or not. But um, Preston or Rod, do you, I think it's Preston's turn. Do you, you want to go with your pick? Yeah, let's with move your... along here. Um, this is just kind of a general question. Um, okay. Now that we've you know seen. All the all the uh, seasons, seeing the uh, progression of the characters. How how do we feel now, like about Wendy, and where she's come from the beginning to now? Like total badass or psycho human? Or a bitch? Yeah, Rod, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna tread lightly on this one because I feel like <laughs> I know where Pokey stands. Um, I definitely don't agree with the latter assessment. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that like she's not psycho bitch, but she's not quite as bad as Helen, but like she kind of uh, got him into a lot of it, and she never really like apologizes for what she did. Uh, 
I digress, but basically, I do not. I think she has gone from I despised her to I was like, okay, she's pretty, she's okay, to all right, she's kind of taking me off. She's going to get them busted. Uh, <laughs> I think her old, her old deal is, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And I'm not going to like, I, I really don't. But uh, so she went sort of from sort of placid housewife at the very beginning to sort of unlocking her crazy ambition to having sort of total control and power. And I, I and it's like like we've said before, I think we mentioned how she dealt with the Ben situation and that proved a point that what she's willing to do to keep going sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And she also, I don't know, I don't know what the, I forgot what the question was as far as what we think, but it's just, it's just one of those progressions in terms of character that she, she went from sort of, I think accepting her, not accepting her role, but, sort of living her life as just sort of placidly going through her life as a housewife kind of thing. She gave up her career, let Marty sort of do his thing. But now she got this new opportunity to be this new person and sort of take control and be a part of everything that goes on. And she's really latched onto it. And she does, she's no longer accepting being kind of being controlled. I don't know. I don't know what to think as far as, like clarifying her as whether I like her or not. Um, I, I understand it. I, I, what, what I want to say is I think it's a nat, I don't want to say natural, but it's an understandable progression of character. Like I've never thought anything she's done has been like, Oh, that's ridiculous. If that makes sense. Like it's, it's sort of morphed. I feel like has not sped up too much. It's sort of morphed in its way in a natural way, if that makes sense. So I don't yeah. hate her. I don't dislike her. But I under I like the arc as it's going. It's it's arced in a very progressive, slow, nice way to the point where I go, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I was just yeah you know, presenting the two extremes more, just because I mean it is it is kind of a just in the middle. I mean she definitely there are moments where you're like holy shit like. Well, she's sort of Walter White in a way. She started in yeah. this sort of like housewife, and she's become the bad guy. You can't say Jason. Bateman's wife, uh, Walter White, because he already was in the laundering money scheme. Right. So he was already in the bad character. Like, she's the one who's gone from sort of Mr. Tibbs to the extreme in, in that way. So, yeah, I mean, she's, she's, she's the one who's morphed into it. She's the one who's adapted to it. She's the one who's embraced it more than he has. He was doing it in the beginning as a way just to, oh my God, this is a way I can never have my family worry about money again kind of thing. I don't think he really enjoyed it at the beginning. He might enjoy it now, but I don't think in the beginning that's what his intent was, but she seems to really embrace it and relish it now, if that makes yeah. sense. I think he enjoyed it when it's kind of under control and he can, like with Sue, you know, he's kind of always, he's like always almost, I don't know the words politely, but you know, he's always kind of manipulating every situation in a way. <laughs> He can keep he drink. He doesn't do anything. Like he's always very under control and knows what he's doing. He's always seems to be one at least one step ahead. I mean, obviously things surprise him, but he he definitely knows what he's doing. Like yeah. he's extremely he logical and rational about it all, and like very even keel. 
I mean, like horrible shit is happening around him, and he always <laughs> to, like keep it together. Yeah, they like, when he, you know, like grabs a bottle of vodka and just takes it. To the face. But God, first, by the way, they're so good, Jason Bateman and Laura Lenny. They're just so yeah. good. They work really well together. And, um, incredible performances. Uh, yeah, she's. I mean, I at, at the first couple seasons, I did not really like her character too much, but she's definitely grown on me. I don't feel like. Uh, Marty Bird has really grown. I mean, he definitely has grown since like the first season, but he's he hasn't made the same <clears throat> huge arc that some other characters have. But he didn't necessarily have to because, like I said, he was already in deep in the first episode, so he didn't have to come as far as other characters do. But he, I mean, like I said, she's sort of become this fully developed crazy character. Uh, Rod, what do you what do you think, or do you, would you want to move on, or what do you think? Let's move on. What do you think? Right so it's uh, it's, it's your turn to pick the little thing, and then I'll go after you go. <laughs> I do think Jason Bateman's like his character is kind of like a uh, more serious version of like Michael Blues, if at all possible. <laughs> he well, no, he keeps the same sort of. Uh, I watch him, and I do think of Michael Blue the way he sort of just kind of does his little like quick little quick little line, and then like walks off. Yeah, it's the exact same way that character plays itself, but it's not in a comedic sense. It's like it's a more dangerous sense. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's no, it's it's maybe it's just this whole vibe and acting or whatever. Yeah, All right, Rod, go for it. Um, okay. I guess I'm gonna. We're talking about our, just some scenes here. Yeah, just our points. Yeah. I would say if anyone fills fills the role of just badass superwoman, if Ruth Langmore has grown on me. Yeah. Season by season, episode by episode. Um, is there anything specific that you were like, oh, this is a great great thing she did or are you just sort of like oh her character has morphed into someone that you're really 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 sexually attracted to <laughs> yeah, that's a little personal but um he likes those uh tight blonde curls yeah yeah dude in the way she talks uh, she talked dirty to you i don't mean that in the sexual sense she'll tell you to fuck off or she just she's so direct there's nothing. Yeah, no, that's what I love about her. Yeah, there's there's nothing subtle. There's no games. She's just a hundred percent out there. She'll let you know what's going on. Well, do you think, uh, Rod? Do you think she'll seek any kind of vengeance towards the Bird family in season four? Over Ben. Well, yeah, she, she went up serious things. I mean, she she definitely seemed to be like, I'm not going to, you know, she's like. I'm not going to tell no one. I'm not going to do shit. No. <laughs> right. I mean, she quit I mean, and she sided with Darlene and Wyatt. So she, that, that's obviously going to be the main conflict in season four. So yeah. um, I feel like Rod maybe uh, fell asleep during that point. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I was just digesting. I was about to tell you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I think they're playing, they're playing chess. Darlene's playing checkers. Okay. They're both going to come back and help the birds. Oh, so you think 
you think she's going to wind up being with the birds at the end of season four? Yeah, I think that her and Wyatt, will, she'll talk sense into Wyatt and be like, what are you doing? Like, I can't tell who's on top when y'all have sex. <laughs> this is a one-bedroom uh, house. Like, we got to get rid of her and talk to... Uh, they really do look so similar. They probably both weigh like 120 wet, you know. Yeah, a, you can't see the wrinkles in the dark, though. That's that's the deal, dude. They even showed a nip, man. Like, I don't. They showed a Marlene nip. I missed. Yeah, that. they should have just implied this all. They def, I don't know if they showed a nip. They showed like it's, I don't know if it's season two, but the the there is one sex scene with her and Jacob where she definitely like you see a full side boob with a little like protruding nip kind of thing but i don't it's not like a full-on frontal are we sure that they're using her body or not like you know like yes maybe they're doing definitely her body no it's definitely her body she feels i can just tell it could have been like an iggy pop double there (laughs) i'm not sure i can feel that that actress is comfortable getting naked at 68 i can just feel that i can just feel it's definitely her they probably offered it to her and she's like no we're doing it i'm gonna do it if he's cool with it Yeah, if he's cool with it. And he was probably like, whatever, I'm trying to make it. I'm going to do it. And then they did it. And then God, and they probably never talked to each other again after that. <laughs> All right, Matthew, what do, you, what do you have? What do you have? Oh, um, this was going to be uh, so. Uh, All right, so we're going to shift gears from kind of being funny to also just a little bit being, I don't want to be serious, but I thought that this this scene to anyone, I mean, I personally know some people that struggle with mental illness, but I, I thought the scene, I, when we got introduced to Ben, I didn't know how they were going to progress his character so much, but then we got told that he had bipolar disorder, whatever, and you never really got to see it manifest until this scene. But um, So he got put into the hospital, but then he got released, and there's that like two-minute moment monologue when he's in the back of the cab and he's kind of talking to himself and that's the moment where i was like oh my goodness this guy is completely locked into this character he knows what he's doing like it was this weird monologue where he like you could tell like his he couldn't manifest exactly what he wanted to say which i felt was fantastic and he also was clearly talking to himself he thought it was in his own world and then he almost snapped out of it and he goes all right so how's How's your day going, man? Like, yeah, we don't even see how the cab driver reacts to it. But it was just such a weird and interesting. Like, I, like I said, I thought they depicted it really well. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, man. Th- that whole that whole season, I was like, okay, we'll see how how they really depict this in the end in terms of how his mental illness works because we start with that scene introduced to him where he is a substitute teacher and he like throws their phones in the wood crusher or whatever. You don't really know what's going on with them. But I thought that sort of, I thought that was the best scene in terms of really illustrating his character, so to speak. It was so wild. It's so interesting at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I I don't know. Like, there's nothing too much to elaborate on. I just thought it was a great acting performance. I didn't really like him until that moment where I was like, that was, that was so real to me. I was like, oh God, this guy's doing. I, I agree, man. That was, 
I remember watching that and I was just thinking, like, I wonder how much of this is scripted or if he was just like improvising as they filmed. I mean, it was it was so I mean, obviously it was not cogent and you couldn't really tell exactly what like, you know, what the fuck is he talking about? But it was it you're right. I mean, it illustrated perfectly like his illness and his character and kind of where things were gonna go from that moment on. I mean, I think, yeah, when you were first introduced to him, I remember my my first feeling was, and I ultimately was correct, but I was like, and I feel like this, I felt like he was going to be kind of a bad dude and he was going to fuck things up. He wasn't really a bad guy. Um, no, he's a good guy with good intentions. He just has a mental disability. Right. He was probably the most, you know, moral of them all. And clearly was just like, this is not right what you are all doing. But um, he did ultimately, I guess, if you want to say it this way, kind of fuck things up somewhat. But I mean, yeah, I thought that was an incredible performance. I've never seen that actor before. It, it definitely, like, right after that, I, like, looked him up. And I was just kind of like, where is this guy? What else has he been been in? I mean, that was that was a, uh, yeah, big-time acting moment in the show, which is, yeah, you know. I thought his, his accent bothered me a little bit, but, that, but then again, I don't really know what rural's North Carolina accents sound like. I've never said it, but at the same time. Like I said, it just was so <laughs> it was so bizarre and so real at the same time. Like I said, we are witness somebody that has sort of struggles from stuff uh, with disabilities. It just kind of was it, it made you feel in that moment so awkward and helpless the same way you might feel when you're with somebody that sort of doesn't know what's going on. Like you like if you were listening to that in real life, you wouldn't know how to respond to that moment. You're just like. How do you help this person? And I think that's the big struggle with people with mental illness. Like if somebody struggles from a physical disability, you can literally see how they struggle. But when somebody struggles from a mental disability, you can sort of see it, but you always in the back of your head think, why can't they just fix it? And so this was, I feel like they illustrated uh, mental disability pretty well in this TV show, better than anything I've seen before. It was, it was a great, uh, it just was, it, it really made you think. It made you go, "Wow, this guy's clearly in a different headspace." They might have they you you can see how he's normal in some instances, but you can see how he like when he's off his meds. You can see that he just clearly isn't quite there. So, yeah, he conveyed that very like just yeah. You can see a complete difference. Um, yeah, I, even though, like, yeah, it's a mental thing. Like, I felt like physically too, especially in that scene. Like, a lot of his facial expressions, you're just like, "Wow, this guy is is putting on quite a performance." And like, where where is this going? And you could tell that he just he he almost he didn't believe he was in the back of the cab when he was talking, and all of a sudden, snap, and he goes, "Oh, I'm in the back of the cab. How are you doing, man?" Like, it was just yeah. it really was like that immediate moment. Rod, did you, you remember that? Too? Were you? Uh, what what do you think about Ben as a character in general? Yeah, no, I thought he the actor did a phenomenal job. That's also something they alluded to in like season one or two when Jonah does the carcass. Yeah, they're like, what if he's got you know your brother, your brother's illness? Yeah, that no, that you're that was a great callback or whatever. <laughs> uh, do you, do you think that he does have it? That's a question that we could ask. Do you think that Jonah might suffer from that, or what do you think? Well, that's I think they're more they're not saying that he has a mental illness at that point. At that point, they sound they make it sound more like uh, Ben had 
like serial killer type tendencies, not like. Well, it, I think it's just emotional swings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, no. But but Jonah does sort of go through that. He has a very, very violent moment at the end of that last episode where he shows up at Helen's house with a gun. It almost seemed out of character, but also like when you bring into what you said, where they said, I wonder if he's got something that Ben suffers from. You kind of wonder if they're leaning into that into season four or whatever. Do you think like he obviously didn't do anything, but he did the exact same thing that Ben did. He showed up unannounced and violent at Helen's house. It almost was a juxtaposition that they almost wanted you to look at. Do you think that we're going to see that in season four? What do you think? Yeah. You get, Jonah's clearly, I mean, he's a, kind of, he's a loner. His best friends really are, have been like Buddy and I guess Ben in a way. And yeah. beyond that, he like, you know, there are these like tools, you know, like uh, guns and the drone. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> and cryptocurrency. And cryptocurrency. <laughs> I thought that was like a great moment where like Ben was asking for money. And I just thought it was like such a weird little thing where he goes, well, you know, all my money's tied up in cryptocurrency, but maybe I can like take out a loan against my Bitcoin shit. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> hey, I would never expect anyone to say that, but to hear a 14 year old or whatever say that was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rod, what do you think about Jonah's cryptocurrency? Were you, uh, were you all for it or were you more interested in that or from a financial standpoint? Were you curious of what he was investing in or what would what'd you think? Uh, I, I wasn't too 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 worried. <laughs> I like I like Marty's investments better. Or actually, I guess I should say I like Dell's investments better. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, I think we moved on from that. Let's. We're not going to focus on Ben too much. So uh, whose whose turn is it? We got we got a couple more to go, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Preston, do you want to? Got one of yours that you want to talk about? I mean, the last thing I had, we kind of already touched on in a way, because it was just like it's another kind of general question. Is Ruth capable? Is she capable of revenge in season four towards the birds? And Okay. Yeah, I kind of already touched on that. So, um, But but we can still maybe – Rod, do you, we, do you think she's going to – I think you said you, you said that you think she's going to wind up with the birds at the end? Is that yeah. what that was? But do you think there's going to be like bodies in the way? <laughs> it seems like people can sort of mesh together, like get over the fact that there's been like, uh, you know, bodies in their wake, so to speak. Do you think she might prove her worth by taking somebody out or what do you think is going to happen? Ruth, she's already yeah. taken someone out. Well, like I said, she's she's aligned up with the uh, with Darlene and the Snells right now. And Wyatt, do you think? like I think she's she's. Dude, I think she's the smartest on the show, besides Dell and Marty. So you think she's gonna be the ultimate victor? Yes. Okay, right, she's she's gonna run everything in she, the end. She wants to win. She yeah. would have Dell's seven days listening to Pantera. <laughs> no, no, no problems. It does, I mean, it, it does seem like it, it could totally build towards that, you know, that direction. I mean, Ruth is She's in a weird way likable. I mean, she's a great character. She's doesn't put up with anything. I mean, she's kind of been there from the beginning. She's in like almost every little storyline. She's tied in in some way or another. Um, you know, it's like I feel like if anything really bad were to happen with her, 
people would just be pissed. Yeah, I think she is the most likable character in some weird, odd way. But it is, yeah. in some way, I think this is going to end just like Game of Thrones, the way that everyone was shocked that the crippled kid Bran wound up being the king. Wow. I almost think cool. Jonah looks just like Bran. So I'm going to make this prediction that Jonah is going to wind up being the Ozark king at the end of this. So uh, hilarious observation. Also, Rod has not seen this Game of Thrones. Oh, so yeah. So sorry, just. Spoil it for you. Uh, we we men black that from he's your brain. Watch it anyways. He's only I'm seen not gonna watch it. I'll episode. put it on tonight to try. He's only watched okay. the first five. He doesn't know who Bran is. Bran is not that likable. <laughs> <laughs> not likable at all. But they're both super smart kind of kids, and they have the same exact haircut and the same sort of skinny, weird face. Oh yeah. Okay, so, I, I thought I was going with your initial comparison of Ruth to Bran, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was saying Jonah and Bran look okay. exactly the same. Very, very I think if, I if, there's there's some, a, if there's some sort of executive producer osmosis, then they'll just figure it out. A lot, uh, a lot of crows in the Ozark. Yeah. All right. So uh, do you have one more? And I've got one more, and then we'll wrap this up. Or is that Preston? Were you already finished? Were you finished? Or do I just have one more? I, yeah, I think it's just you. Okay. This one is okay. So we're gonna wrap this up on something that's probably insignificant, but something that I just thought was kind of funny, and I thought it was sort of weird that she didn't have any repercussions for it. Kind of. Oh, yes. But when Darlene yes. shoots Frank Jr. right in the dick with a shotgun, I thought that was just so bizarre. I, I understand the point that they were trying to like win, like have a way for her to win Ruth's loyalty or whatever. Yeah. But it just was a, it was, it was kind of unnecessary, but B it was really funny and C she just shows up. I don't think she had to do that, but no, I guess she, I mean, she wanted the distribution deal, whatever. I'm so happy you brought it up. Cause I was thinking about when we were talking about Darlene, I was just thinking about how absurd of a character she is. And I think this speaks to like why she did this, but like I was just hoping somebody would bring that up because it was so, yeah, it was just ridiculous. Obviously, that that character Frank is terrible. But do you? Let's just talk about this from a, a realistic standpoint. If you shot somebody close range in the dick with a shotgun, would you even survive? Isn't there like a? Aren't there any like real like? There's some like vital arteries in your like right there in your thigh, right? That would absolutely get destroyed. You'd be dead. I, I feel like, or, is, or am I making that up? Well, didn't didn't that the guy from? Remember the the story of the wife who cut her husband's dick off from like the nineties or two thousands? Like yeah, Bobbitt or Babbitt, yeah. That guy, sir. I think he survived, right? Yeah, they reattached it. He's on Pornhub now. We're not talking about cutting a dick off. We're talking I know. about shooting a dick in close range with a shotgun. I feel like you'd be fine. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think. I, maybe some uh maybe we're supposed to suspend some belief with that scene but i mean for me obviously i watched it and it just spoke to like the just ridiculous impulsivity of her character and just how <laughs> she does seem to do a lot of crazy shit and she never really gets in trouble for it i mean no, she shot Dell, right well what do you think about uh, hey uh, so let's talk about this rod we'll get your opinion on this too uh what do you think they she has on the sheriff? We never get that information. It's been hanging over us for three seasons, and he keeps on going with her sort of, even though even extreme measures, so to speak, he keeps on letting her by because the sort of hanging tagline, 
over what what I did for you kind of thing. So they clearly have something on him. Do we? Do, am I missing this, or what? Do we never figure that out, or what do y'all think could be so extreme to where they could own him for doing so much? It's got to be like. I don't, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would think it's like financial. Yeah, because the, the snails have been doing that poppy field for like, you know, it's inferred they've been doing that for generations. But... He knows about it. Yeah, so, so yeah. are you saying that like... He, he as... gets uh, huge kickbacks. He also may have been involved when they like flooded all the land. They keep acting like they like forced a lot of people to have to move out of their homes it made it sound like he's done something in his past that he doesn't want out kind of thing but i understand your point in the sense that as time goes by and he keeps letting things go more builds on his case in the sense that they own him more but it seems like there's an initial thing that we're going to figure out at least sometime down the line where they go you gotta let us do this otherwise we're gonna say this kind of thing Otherwise, I was wondering what y'all thought. The, I didn't know if there was any hints if I blew by it or what, what y'all thought. She's probably threatened him with dick murder, and he's just like, I'm never yeah. going to person again. Yeah. That's like her kill thing in terms of Mortal Kombat, like her Mortal ending. Thing. She just shoots people's dicks off. I wonder if that's going to be like a common thing. She, <laughs> I guess it's that Darlene dick shooter. I don't know. That's dumb. <laughs> all right so i think that's enough talking about this i think we've, we've pretty much covered the whole i feel like we've covered the whole season uh rod do, do you have anything to add Preston, you have anything to add or y'all y'all rod, rod looks like he wants to comment on, on a big murder rod looks like he's about to watch wrestlemania because you know there's plenty of hot girls in wrestlemania or something <laughs> did we bring up the last episode last scene we did talk about the murder, yeah. Okay. My only thing is, why don't we predict in order the next three people to die? Okay. Yeah, go for uh, it. Like the big characters? Any character. Any character? Let me pull up my notes. I will say this. I think Wyatt's disposable. I think Wyatt's going to die. And that's what's going to happen is, you know, obviously Darlene's going to get all pissed about it. But I feel like Wyatt's going to overstep his bounds he's going to act like he's the man of the house he's going to do something fucking stupid and he's going to get himself in harm's way and it's going to start a little war with wyatt you know with with darlene who's going to obviously go batshit crazy about it probably storm out of her complex you know bare chest and all running around doing something stupid but i, I do think Wyatt's 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 one of the main characters that's going to go down in the next season I feel like he, he, I mean, he's disposable. He's 100% disposable. He doesn't need to exist, but he has the impetus to make people upset. And that's what, that's what matters. Okay. Rod, this is tough. I think Darlene's the first to go. Okay. Oh, so we're, we're going. Okay. That, that I, can, I was about to say Darlene. That, the certain... inverse could be true of what I just said. So Darlene could go, and then it makes Wyatt pissed, and and starts that whole thing. So it's you're we're thinking on the same wavelength. Right, and it's agents like Evans or Miller. I mean, like do we think they're gonna be off at some point. She's dead. What if they? What if they do oh. something similar to pregnant uh, lady? She's not. She's dead. Yeah, she's not dead. What? Yeah, dude. They go to her room. Wait, did I miss this? 
Was yeah. this like an extended scene? No, it's episode nine. They go to her hotel room. Agent My Miller. Yeah, the pregnant one. I don't think she's dead. Let me mark this down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think you're wrong. I, mean, I don't know. No, but I think you're onto something in the sense that we've already seen some woman that was pregnant get killed and then had her like baby manifested from her. So it's very possible that <laughs> a similar I don't, I don't thing happened. Uh, but obviously you had three in mind, Rod. So do you have someone else or you want to add to that or what do you? I think it's Darlene and then Wendy. Oh, oh man. Wow. Oh, you're, you're going, you're taking the main character down. Bold yep. prediction for season four. Do we have any type of, um, timeline that Netflix or any of the producers said that how long it's going to last or like do we know it's going to last four or five seasons or what do we know? Do we know that or? I looked up at the end towards okay. the end. So I haven't read anything. I haven't heard anything that says they're so they're probably going to milk this for as long as it can last but we're, we got a bold prediction. Wendy going down season four from Rod. Uh, it's very possible it happens. Who knows? Yeah. That's one old. of them. One of them. At least they need to. At least, I think it, at some point they're going to be pitted against each other more than they were this past season. So they're going to actually be. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I feel like there's going to be combating sides. But if one of them dies, one of them dies. And what's I, I feel like they're going to do something where they tear the kids apart from kind of thing, like where one. You know, I feel like that's just going to happen. It seems like a natural progression. They're already doing it now. Yeah. I'm going to go back. I think it goes Darlene, then Jonah, then Wendy. Oh, you're taking the kid out. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also a high possibility someone like Navarro. Rod just just throws a Jonah death after I say Jonah's going to inherit the whole kingdom. So I guess we're we're at odds with each other. Jonah is the Night King. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's going to get his legs taken out and be wheeling around like Bran or Dr. X predicting everything. Yeah. All right. So we got Rod's three. I've got one. Preston, go ahead. If you, if I mean, you I, I definitely will include, I, I think possibly Darlene and Wyatt go out, go out together. So like their beautiful love uh, connection, incredible relationship ends at the same time and we can all be we can all be like we'll just we'll forget it ever happened we here's a question here's a question that's uh so throughout this season or maybe season two darlene wants a baby she has zeke or whatever and i think they take care of zeke but i'll predict this i think zeke dies do you think wyatt gets darlene pregnant it's a possibility even though like her body might not be able to take it. Do you think that could happen? I'm not sure the science behind that, Matthew. Maybe they have, they have pills. <laughs> 70 years old. I know, but then again, who fucking knows? But okay, maybe terrible, terrible Here's question. My third one. Here's my third one. <laughs> Nelson. Yeah, 
I mean, he's not necessarily a main character. He's just more sort of out there. But yeah, I, definitely someone who's could be uh, out there. Otherwise, that actor is just cashing checks. Yeah. yeah. Where do you think just, Darlene got? Where do you think Darlene got fentanyl from? I mean, I know that they've got connections, but that seems such a weird thing that she was able to mix fentanyl with uh, all their heroin they have. I feel like that's sort of like. Nelson? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's easier to, easier to find than I'm making out to be. All right, so I guess we're we're kind of wrapping this up. Uh, any of you guys have in the back of your head what you what you wanted to watch for this next week? Or uh, I feel like Rod's kind of lost in maybe he's searching Netflix for something that he wanted to watch. Or what do you think? Uh, I think that I'm wrong about Maya. She's still think, alive and well yeah. in episode nine. Right now. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's think about that one. I, I can't, uh, let, me, let me, I want to think about it. Let's, uh, we'll talk in our, um, All right, so we'll talk back order about that. Do y'all want to give, uh, just a final rating and then we'll sort of go, we'll, uh, go our separate ways as far as, all right. So we already did our top three bingeable series. So maybe we'll just do it in relative context to that context to that. Would you put this in your top three? Cause we probably didn't want to put the show we were reviewing in our top three. Let's just do it that way in the rating rather than give it an out of 100 thing. Rod or Preston, which one, who wants to go first? Would you would you put it in your top three or how how, how close is it to your rating? Um, I, I think it's very close. I mean, I think Ozark is clearly a, a great show. I mean, I, I, I watch these episodes back to back. I mean, as, as far as binge worthy goes, it's definitely binge worthy. And, but I think it's just, it's, it's already one of those shows. Um, I know we didn't talk about this one earlier, but like succession kind of a new show. Um, that's just, you, you like hesitate to want to say like, this could be one of those great shows of all time, but yeah. it's, it's just new. I, I'm probably a prisoner of the moment, but man, this is really good. I cannot wait for the next season. I mean, Absolutely. everybody I've talked to seen it. I was like, my father the other day brought it up and we were talking. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ozark's great. And he's like, it's the best show I've ever seen. So, you know, it's just, it's awesome. It's really good. I, I don't know what the rating, are we, what do we rate it out of? 10? It's a thing. Well, uh, we were doing it out of 100. So you can, you, and also with decimals. So you can go 94.3. You can do whatever you want. Go can as I deep get a, as uh, what, can I get like a, a recent rating y'all did to get an, uh, an idea here, like a barometer of sort. Um, I don't. I don't have that notepad in front of me. This is a different notepad. But I think we gave what well, we gave Hell or High Water. If we both were in the mid nineties, if that gives you some. This is better than Hell or High Water. Oh wow, wow. So I would say if y'all are giving Hell or High Water a ninety-five, I would give this a ninety-six. I gave Hell or High Water, I think, a ninety-two. Yeah, I get a naughty one. Okay. Right. I should have said mid 90s, so just a. I, I would say a, like, a. I'd say like a 90, 94. Okay. Preston really likes Ozark. Ozark's great. Do you want to add a decimal to that just to sort of. No, I'd probably go the fun? other way. Decimals. Okay. All right. <laughs> Rod, Rod, are you, uh, you content? What, what, what's your ranking? What do you think? Just to close it out. 90. 90. Matthew, you saw all seasons, right? A solid A minus for Rod. Um, look, as far as rating against the, the three I picked, 
bingeability wise because this was I was the one person who went zero to 60 with this from zero all the way to half of 60 30 hours um it was a fun fun ride drum roll <laughs> what would I rate it the same way I do the first three seasons house cars the first three seasons of Bad, the first three seasons of lost I don't know those are top nineties. But you. those those are those are top tier. Those are top tier. So I'm going. I'm I'm giving this a 90, 91. five in honor of Rod Gant because I love five. Um, <laughs> I mean that's fucking stupid. But <laughs> anyways, uh, so ninety one point five for me. Um, so yeah, do cool. we do we have any type of like I said, we, we don't have any type of recommendation for the end, or we, we're going to get to. I mean, rec- recommendation for the next movie that we're going to do. Even obviously, this was a show. Um, we're going to let Preston make the pick because this was kind of a, this was a rod. This was a rod pick. We we decided this before Preston even joined the show. Great pick, Rod. Yeah, this was actually a fantastic pick. Actually, I loved it. So you you're kind of two for two, Rod. I mean, Bad Batch was great. Ozark was great. We're gonna see if Preston can join the party. Cool. With so, a good pick. I'll figure it out. Uh, well, I mean, figure it out quick. Okay. We, got, we got shit to do. Yeah, we do. This quarantine life is not. <laughs> this is a really busy moment. Uh, I'm really busy in early May. I know Rod's really busy in early May. Maybe Preston's just sort of hold up doing nothing. But right now it's prob time. So. <laughs> Who do we get it? I'm, I'm working out. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I know, I've from, I know Preston maybe just be sticking around making videos about Poby or something, but um, we're all doing stuff. Um, so make, make a pick quick. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's that's gonna wrap it up. And I appreciate everyone that's been listening. And uh, I know whatever. All right, we'll just end there. We got out. Okay. Yeah. So we'll edit this shit out. All right. So yeah. Anyone who's still listening, uh, which is every single person, all of our millions of subscribers and listeners. I think we started with zero, obviously, and then our four episodes we've gone up to close to a million. Hopefully, this episode we surpass that landmark over one million. Um, so if you're not out there, I know that maybe the Instagram page doesn't make it look like we have a million subscribers, but we do. Um, it's three beers, two guys, one movie pod at Instagram.com. Rod, do you have something to say to sign it out? Or are you, uh, what do you want to say? Just stay safe and keep on budding. Preston. Uh, thanks for having me for the, uh, for my first episode. Looking <laughs> forward to the next one. Talk to y'all later. All right. Peace out. We love everyone. Is, um, depressed. All right.
keep your head. 